Welcome to the Jesse Garcia Show, your half-hour home for politics, culture, and art. We come to you every week with a new story about your world. Today's guest is J.P. Gano, a health worker from Dallas, Texas, whose household came down with the coronavirus. We'll talk about recovering from COVID-19 and how he's adjusting to getting back to work during this pandemic. Thank you for following The Jesse Garcia Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. For more information about the podcast, visit jessegarciashow.com. Attention Familia. We're closing in on the last days of April, and already half of the nation has responded to the census. Great job, guys. Looking at the data from census, a good portion of respondents, 44%, filled out their forms online, saving your government time and money. As a reminder, the census only takes 10 minutes to fill out. Congratulations to the state of Virginia, which has a response rate of 55%, followed by Maryland with 53%, and California with 51%. Florida and the District of Columbia remain at 48%, while Texas is way behind at 46%. Come on, familia. We all count when it comes to fulfilling our civic duty. Visit 2020census.gov, that's 2020census.gov, today and fill out your forms. I want to welcome to the show J.P. Cano, a young man I met back in Dallas in 2011. He was working at the Resource Center of Dallas while he was attending college. Today, he has risen to become the Center's Prevention Services Manager at Nelson Tobedo Clinic, the center is a leader in the HIV AIDS education and prevention service in the North Texas area. It serves more than 61,000 people a year. I have great memories of the resource center, which allowed a safe space for groups to meet and organize and allow young people like JP to grow up and prosper. Welcome to the show, JP. Hi there. How are you doing? It's so great to see you in, in the closet. Back yeah. in the, closet. <laughs> okay. the reason why you're saying that is because I'm trying to get the quietest room to do this interview, and I'm in my closet, which is so funny. Okay. Uh, but let's get out of the closet and into the streets, JP. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Um, well, I was, I, I'm, I'm originally from Mexico. I was born and raised in a small town in South, uh, in the state of Chihuahua, in South Chihuahua. Uh, the city uh, is named Parral. Um, I was uh, raised there up until I was 17. Then I moved to the border in Juarez, where I attended med school. Uh, don't get so excited. I never finished med school. However, I went all the way to my fourth uh, year. Um, you know, Mexico, Mexico was not well around 20 years ago. <laughs> now that he's still doing better, my Mexico. Uh, but uh, th there was some struggle, so I decided to come to the United States. Then I lived with my sister, and um, pretty much I, I, I fell in love uh, for the United States, and I've been here for about almost 20 years. Um, and you fell in love with Dallas. And, and yes, I actually fell in love with Dallas because I lived in Colorado. Colorado is, I call it as my, my hometown in, in America. But um, I came to Dallas and I don't know what happened that I just got so hinge in here. So I really, I really like, uh, like Dallas. I mean, I went to uh, the college in here. Um, I went to- University of Texas at Arlington, correct? Yes, I went to UTA. Uh, and I graduated from my bachelor in nursing there. 
Amazing. Now, you've dedicated your life to combating the AIDS pandemic. You know, I've seen you at events, uh, Life Walk, all these wonderful events, and you work, you know, daily on education and testing for HIV. Um, But another pandemic took you out this past month. Uh, How bad was the coronavirus to you? Um, Well, let me just say a little bit about what you were saying about working with the AIDS pandemic. Uh, because um, I'm going to tell you, as somebody part of the LGBT community and being Latino, I, 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 I was always very uh, uh, attracted to work with our community and especially people affected by HIV. Uh, and, 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 and it was my kind of by accident that I came into the research center and I got so uh, drawn to, to work with our community. Uh, even when I graduated as, from, as a nurse, I was just like, you know what? I, want to continue working with my community and that's what I still work with with the research center. Um, quite in <laughs> you know how this crazy times that we live in now we have another pandemic and, and not necessarily that it can be compared uh, to the AIDS pandemic but now this pandemic is taking a lot of people uh, uh, not only being infected but we have uh, pretty much a high number of, of uh, deaths already for this pandemic. And yes, uh, quite the case, I got coronavirus. I was infected, uh, I'm gonna say three, four weeks ago. How was the symptoms, you know, what were the symptoms? What did you, because they vary, but what were they with you? They vary. My fiance is a flight attendant. So um, he's very secretive about his life, but now I'm gonna have to share some information about him. Um, and, and, and he's a flight attendant. and and. And I was pretty sure I was going to be a high risk just for that reason. I work in a health environment. Um, I'm, I have never really, as a nurse, I have never really been scared of getting something. However, I was aware of all this craziness. And, and when he started having symptoms, he started uh, pretty much having fever for, uh, for one night. And he had a cough. Uh, he used to... He, him and I are very like we always show symptoms for allergies and we were like well maybe it's just allergies but we he continued for a second night which it was in a Monday and that Monday he was having fever and my uh, my doc my 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 nurse uh, uh mine immediately runs so I wanted to take him to the hospital so the, the last thing I did was to take him to do the test so Dallas was doing some uh he's been doing I think they're still doing some mass testing at the American Airlines so I just drove him over there. I, uh, he got the test, he had fever, so they were able to test him. At that point, and even right now, if you don't have fever, they won't test you. So I wasn't tested. Um, right now, point, Dallas County, as of tonight, uh, 2,190 cases, 55 right. deaths. Nationwide, we have almost 700,000 cases and 36,000 deaths. So how did, did you finally get tested and what was that procedure like? Actually, you know what, I wasn't tested. Uh, my, my partner was tested. Three days later, I started with symptoms. When the Department of Health called my partner to give him the results, uh, they, they, they talked and since I, I was presenting the same set of symptoms, they asked me just to stay home, to stay my, my quarantine. Um, again, I'm pretty sure I have it. Uh, I had it because we had the same set of symptoms, the, the muscle pain, the uh, the loss of sense of smell, and I, that 
honestly, I haven't even get it back completely. Yeah. Uh, the, the sense of smell. Um, you have a headache, that really bad headache for all the time that you're there and you witness, your, your witness is pretty, pretty, uh, you know that there's something really bad going. It's like you're having a really bad flu. Um, I didn't have any cough. Uh, my partner did. Um, but I'm, I'm going to tell you, we, we were so lucky. I mean, one of the nights, my partner, I think I was really close to taking him to the hospital because the difficulty of uh, breathing is real. I mean, if somebody gets into that point, I mean, you know that they are suffocating, that they're not getting air. So, um, Your partner was lucky to have you there, having an actual nurse. Yeah, right? <laughs> an actual nurse. Not that many people have that. I mean, there's people that have, you know, trouble breathing when they get into that point where they have to go to the hospital. And people were told early on that even if you have symptoms and if you feel bad, you're not supposed to go to the doctor or to, you know, don't run to the hospital yeah. when you're having trouble breathing. And that's what your partner was experiencing? Yeah, he experienced that a couple of times, especially one of the nights. Um, and again, I think I was taking his temperature. I'm going to say something funny in the middle of this craziness, but uh, I think I was taking his temperature every hour right, when he was sick. Three, four day later, days later, when he started getting better and I started getting sick, it's like, okay, well, you're getting sick. And I'm like, yeah, I know. Well, you'll deal with that. You'll deal with it. But um, no, 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 it, it, it is something really serious. I think for some individuals, uh, I mean, we have seen friends. I mean, just as yesterday, a friend of a friend of Florida just passed. Uh, it wasn't a ventilator. I mean, you know that this is real. I mean, that there's people that we might not see them in, in specific areas like here in Texas. I don't think we have been to that level that New York, New Jersey, uh, but honestly, I mean, if, it is something that is real for sure. So what meals and medicine did you take to get better? Uh, there is uh, not a treatment, obviously. When you talk to the physician, they just say, you know what, there's not a specific treatment. I know there's a lot of uh, uh, things going on, especially on this on social media about treatment, but oh, as for now, there's nothing approved by the FDA. So you treat the symptoms. I mean, if you have fever, uh, uh, taking Tylenol helps. I think it helps with the temperature. Um, and, and just being hydrated. You, you need to be drinking water um, and, and check that your symptoms are not going to, uh, uh, that it's not gonna take you to the hospital. And if that's the case, I mean, if you get to a point, I mean, it's recommended that if you really think that need, need the ventilator, I mean, that you need to go to the hospital. But again, there is not a treatment that is yeah. as for right now. I mean, our president can say that there is a treatment, but there is not a, an approved treatment for it. So are you allowed to go back to work? Yes, yes. Actually, the CDC guidelines uh, specify that when somebody gets uh, COVID or you have a symptoms, as long as you don't have any more fever for three days, that's one of the requirements. Second, if you have had, if, if seven days have passed since the first day that you have symptoms, um, and obviously that you don't have any symptoms at the moment, uh, you are able to go back to work. You, you have to continue following, you know, social distancing and like everybody else. Uh, since you're like an essential worker in the medical field, are you worried about being reinfected? I'm not really concerned about myself. I think the work 
that we are doing as essential services is, is, is required. I think when people need to stay home, needs to stay home, if they can really just work from home and just do the essential outing, I mean, just do the essential outing. Uh, let the essential workers just, just to be outside. Uh, a lot of the essential workers, especially myself, it's not like we feel invincible. I think that we just feel that we need to do the work that it needs to be done. Um, uh, and in my case, I, I'm not, I don't think that I do have that fear. I mean, if you follow directions, if you follow the procedures that are, are being in place, uh, I mean, the, the, the possibility that you get infected or reinfected in my case, it's lower. What advice do you have for those stuck at home? that are aching to go out, especially in the gay community, that are in their bars, missing their nightlife. What advice do you have for them? Um, stay in contact with your friends. I mean, there is nothing more important that this is the time to call your friends all the time, text your friends all the time, uh, and, and your family. I think that also, uh, especially with your older uh, uh people in your family. I mean, they, I think they're the ones that are suffering the most. Um, my, want to be around them because they don't want to endanger them. Exactly. I mean, I, that we need to be connected. Exactly. You need to be connected with them. I don't have uh, parents, but my partner has uh, two other uh, parents, 88 and 85. And it is amazing. I mean, he talks to them all the time and I try to get connected with us here and there when they talk in. Uh, I, I think that the hard part is for them. I mean, uh, even if, uh, if somebody there's in their 30s and their 40s, if you get sick, I'm not saying that we're invincible. You can still get the symptoms of somebody that it's older can get, but it's less likely. Uh, so I think that we need to just think about those individuals that are high risk. So whenever you're like thinking, oh my God, I want to just go party, make sure that you understand who, who is the people that has been affected. And, those are the ones that you're protecting and not necessarily you're protecting yourself. So when all this is lifted, because mm -hmm. you're a very busy guy in your community, what programs at the resource center do you hope to work on when this pandemic's over? Were you working on any special programs? Um, do you know, actually before all this happened, we were trying to expand a little bit more of our outreach. Not that we have not done outreach before, um, as, as a research center, we're not uh, uh, in, in, we are not um, recognized for uh, uh, reaching to the Latino community, even though that we have a program, which is the Grupo Latino Hispano. Uh, however, we had a, a, an, in our plan to expand a little more that program. Uh, and also uh, have more outreach for the gender uh, not conforming community and trans community. I think that has always been on, on the works and we always leave that community behind uh, in the LGBTQA uh, community. So I think that it has always been the work, just continue working with those marginalized communities that uh, again, uh, for example, Latino community, especially here in Texas, I don't know if you have noticed, uh, numbers in HIV cases uh, are actually surpassing of those of our brothers uh, in the African-American community. So we need to keep doing more work with, uh, with our Latinos. It's, it's, it is crazy how, um, and just to give you an example, we had 10 diagnoses, which for an agency like ours, 10 diagnoses in a month, it is a lot. And 10 of those diagnoses that we had, 
seven were Latinos. Uh, and again, I'm going to tell you probably, um, I'm going to say 40 to 50% of people that we test are Latino or they have a Hispanic background. So that is a very high number. Uh, so we still need to do a lot of work. When all these ends, those mar mar marginalized communities are going to be even more marginalized. So I think we have to continue working uh, and pro of those communities. It's important to support causes like this because after this pandemic, so much resources are going to be work, are being spent to prevent this pandemic of Corona that um, it's going to really take the community to start reinvesting, double their efforts to help stop the spread of HIV when we get back mm -hmm. um, to our normal life. Uh, to learn more about the your work at the Resource Center, where can people go? Like, how can they look you up and your programs up? Um, well, uh, the easiest way will be probably go to our website, www.myresourcecenter.org. Uh, there is uh, a specific area where it is testing and all information in there uh, about all the testing and treatment that we provide for uh, uh, SDIs. Uh, we do also do treatment for some SDIs like syphilis, gonorrhea, chlamydia. We have a PrEP program, one of the first PrEP programs in Dallas. Uh, and, and we also have a gender affirming care program where we, where we help gender not conforming individuals and transgender individuals to get their prescriptions uh, and also to reaffirm uh, their gender. So that information is pretty easy to find in myresearchcenter.org. Um, we're gonna update our website pretty soon. Um, or also you can find us on Facebook, the Research Center. I mean, we post so much stuff of the, about what is going on uh, in, 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 in something that enriched enrich me about and makes me so proud about the place that we work, uh, that I work is that uh, not necessarily we work in a specific part of the community. I mean, we advocate, we work with the city, we work with the state, we work with different communities, we work, uh, uh, it, it, trying to outreach to every single sector of our community, LGBT community, and those affected by HIV for sure. So I think if you uh, like us on Facebook, you will find a lot of information. Uh, we've been posting some, 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 uh, some stuff about what's going on. Uh, I just came out in a video uh, yesterday. Um, if you go to our um, to our Facebook, there is a video there of the services that we're providing during this time, some COVID. And we try to update that every week because you know all this is pretty much evolving. Um, things are about to change in Texas, not necessarily here in Dallas. I don't know if you knew, but the governor last uh, yeah, last night announced- It's gonna ease uh, restrictions for allowing people to go and shop um, yes. at certain locations to get businesses um, moving and, and opening. You were saying about Dallas County? Yeah, but, but Dallas County has been very more specific and separate from the state. Um, I mean, also uh, our uh, uh, Clay Jenkins that is part of uh, the, the county. Dallas County judge? Mm -hmm. Yes, the Dallas County judge came up with the, um, uh, there is an order now that every single person that goes through an essential business, you have to have a mask which uh, that wasn't really in place before. And I don't think that we have seen something somewhere else. So we, even though that the state is having some stipulations, Dallas has been always up front. We had one of the first shelter in place, I think in the state, 
uh, and even before some other places in the country. Just the city. Well, thank you so much, JP, for all you do, and for um, I'm so happy that you survived it. Not that many thank you. people are lucky um, when they get this. So I want to thank you so much for going back to work to help others. And for more information about the coronavirus, the COVID-19, uh, coronavirus.gov um, from the CDC, you get the latest information. Um, thank you, JP. And I wish you the No, best. thank you, Jesse. So it's so great to see you. Always follow you on your endeavors and your, I know you're do, doing amazing things over there. Thank you, JP. You take care. Bye-bye.